in the classroom, you get to have an actual conversation and you're there because it matters to you and the students are there because it matters to them. Hello and welcome to The Common Room, a series of conversations between members of the Yale English Department. I'm Derek Green. Today, we're talking to Richard Deming, a poet, art critic, and theorist whose work explores the intersections of poetry, philosophy, and visual culture. He has written numerous volumes of poetry and criticism, most recently, Touch of Evil, a study of Orson Welles' classic 1958 film noir. He contributes to such magazines as Art Forum, Sight and Sound, and the Boston Review, and directs the Yale English Department's program in creative writing. Hello, Richard, and welcome to The Common Room. Hi, Derek. Thanks. It's great to be here. One of the things we have in common is we came to writing via music, or at least both of us had a music background. Could you talk a little bit about your life before writing or how it related to writing? Yeah, sure. I came into these things at about the same time, ultimately. So when I was five and six, when I would get out of school, I would go to the high school and sit in the auditorium where my brother was doing drama and he was practicing and they would do two plays a year. One play would be a musical and the other would be a classic. And so that year they're doing West Side Story, which the music is incredible, especially the drums. And I just completely fell in love. And so went home and said, Mom, I want to play the drums. And then in the spring, they were doing Julius Caesar. And I would listen every day to the language and they would, the teachers would stop the students and explain to them what it was that they were saying. And so that it was completely demystified and entered into my head. And so I came home and said, mom, I want to read Shakespeare, which sounds, sounds intense. But after seeing it like that, it didn't seem at all scary and, and like it was meant to be seen and I could see what was happening. And so it wasn't forbidding to me. And I was in, you know, rock bands and jazz bands. The town I grew up in at the time was pretty fiercely anti-intellectual. And it was this way that you could be an intellect, like a closet intellectual. You could get some of that out and it wouldn't seem that way. You know, it just seemed like you were really into music. Whereas if you talked about poetry, you know, you'd probably have gotten beat up. Um, so it was a way that I could do that. And even, you know, when I was in high school, writing lyrics for bands was like this subterfuge. I'm like, I'm able to write poetry without even really knowing it's poetry. One of my interests is the intersection of music and drama and writing. Do you ever use that at your work at Yale or in your writing? There are lots of lessons that are still with me, really thinking on a daily basis, how to structure your working on your craft and wanting to understand where patterns come from and how they move forward. And I think even thinking about language as patterning is a sort of musical conception of language, talking to students about tuning their ear. But what I do on a daily basis is I teach a variety of classes. I teach a class on Ralph Waldo Emerson, Emily Dickinson, and Herman Melville. I teach a class on American horror in literature and film. And I teach creative writing. And I also then direct the program, which means working with faculty, developing the curriculum, listening to students, helping advise students. And in some ways, also helping advise the university about writing practice and how it sits within the environment of the university. My experience as a member of the faculty is that 
it's a tightly knit community of poets, writers, scholars. And can you talk a little bit about that? And your, how do you view the community within the creative writing group in the English department? Or how do you build that or work to develop that? I hate to generalize, but I do think writers do think in terms of a writing community. And some of that is just sheer workshops and exchanging work. But I think it's also just built into the ethos. I mean, I often read excerpts from Rainer Maria Rilke's Letters to a Young Poet to some of my students. That's built on this idea of this younger poet writes to this older poet and the older poet responds. Very often, if I end up having to be in a city that I don't really know well, I reach out to the writers who are in the city. This is a generalization, but I do tell, I have had conversations with people in literary studies were just completely shocked that somebody would do that unless you had something specific in mind. And very often it's just, no, I want to talk about books with people who write them. Richard, what is it about your work that matters most to you? Or what is it that you love about what you do? What matters most in my own writing is finding a space to discover what I actually think. Because if it's just inside my head and inside my study, it doesn't have to go very far. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to argue. I just, I'm there with it. Whereas in conversation, like a conversation like this, I discover what I think by having to try to articulate, trying to put it into language, and often also seeing the other person glaze over or their brows knit together and they either don't get what I'm saying or don't agree. And then I have to find better language to articulate it. And the more I have to work at that, the better I know what it is that I think and thus who I am. And in terms of what I like most about teaching is that I get to do that with a classroom full of people. And it's not, particularly with undergraduates, it's not like, where do you get published and, and things like that. It's like just there's a purity of people just trying to figure out the work. And we have a space in which we can talk about these things seriously for an hour and a half. And that doesn't happen out in the world too easily or too often. I mean, very often it just turns into gossip or business speak or just like who's publishing whom or that kind of stuff. Whereas in the classroom, you get to have an actual conversation really about these texts and you're there because it matters to you and the students are there because it matters to them. Do you have a favorite writer or, or piece of writing? I ultimately have to confess that that Ralph Waldo Emerson for me is the absolutely inexhaustible figure. I continually am inspired and challenged and provoked by him. I can also say that there are several things that I read yearly or twice a year. I read Hamlet twice a year. I read Waiting for Godot every year, and I read Moby Dick every year, and I read Walt Whitman's The Sleepers very regularly. And those are basically the four texts that I think the English language was invented for. Finally, what's on the horizon for you? I'm, you know, at the beginning of a project on the subject of loneliness. I'm trying to think of it across different kinds of media. So in art and film and literature and just sort of discover how people have worked with it, negotiated it, thought through it, endured it. And I'm, I'm still at the early days of that, but I feel that's the thing I'm most excited about. Well, thank you, Richard. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for having me, Derek. It was terrific. 
and thanks for listening to The Common Room. Our producer is Robert Scaramuccia, class of 19, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you.